0: What's up, nerds? ESPN plus the ESPN.
1: You won't see a team play worse than my team played yesterday. The New York Jets' performance yesterday was an embarrassment.
2: You, you hired somebody that doesn't even understand what an SC Trojan is all about. Like, stop! Hi, I'm Brian Barnhart, voice of the Fighting Illini, and this is your home for Fighting Illini Sports. nine The The Game. <laughs> And now, broadcasting live and local from the 98.9 The Game studios in Effingham, Illinois, it's the starting lineup with Travis Sparks. I don't know if I trust any
3: Chris that spells it with a K.
2: And Eric Fry. Shut up. It's the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game.
3: It's a Friday. Welcome in one and all. It is the uh, starting lineup and we're live here on the air on 98.9 The Game ESPN Radio. It's a Friday out there. It's a feel good Friday. It's a Big Friday out there. Big games all over the place. High school, college basketball, and also it's super wild card weekend this upcoming weekend. So you know we'll get you set up for that. But Travis Sparks, Eric Fry, hanging out with you until the noon hour here on ESPN Radio on this January 13th, 2023. And a big show uh, lined up for you here on this uh, Friday. It's going to be some local sports uh, coming up. Action uh, from last night and a loaded schedule for uh, this weekend as well as tonight we'll take a look at uh, the uh uh, Lincoln Prairie a girls' a conference tournament as it gets underway this weekend, as well as the uh, Little Illini, uh conference tournament on the girls' side gets underway as well. And also wanted to mention it yesterday, but I completely uh, forgot it to write on the format sheet. But there was uh, some news in the high school football world, as well as another legendary coach uh, has uh, stepped away and retired, and retired on top as well. We'll get to that here in uh, just a second. And it's a it said it was a big night in uh, college basketball as well. Illinois Fighting Illini have a big one coming up uh, tonight in uh, Champaign. And uh, it's against Michigan State. We'll get you set for uh, that game, of course, and uh, tell you all about that. And, of course, can't make it to Champaign. Well, we'll have coverage for you right here on 98.9 The Game. The voice of the Fighting Illini, Brian Barnhart, will be in-house and be there at State Farm Center tonight for that humongous game against Sparty and uh, those uh, Super Wild Card Weekend. Well, we got to pick those games. That's right. We're picking all of those picks for mm-hmm. our pick them. So want to stay tuned for that coming up in the uh, pod. Also, we're going to hit up on uh, some other national sports as well. NBA, NHL, and also uh, we got to hit up on uh, some MLB stuff in the way of uh, something that's coming to, to Mad Toon on, uh, on Sunday. And you'll definitely want to stick around in in the pod is that something special for you? Uh, it's uh, coming up Cardinals Caravan. That's what we're going to be uh, talking about coming up in the uh, pod. Special interview that I did the uh, other day, and that's all I'll say uh, for now. So, you definitely want to stick around and find out who I talked to uh, the other day. That's coming up in the uh, podcast. So, make sure you download that podcast wherever you find your favorite podcast iTunes, Spotify, our website, fmradio.com, where you ever find your wonderful uh, podcasting uh, platforms yes. there so uh, definitely recommend uh, sticking around uh, for that but absolutely a loaded show here on uh, this uh, Friday a lot to get to uh, we wouldn't be able to talk uh, local sports here with you for an hour plus uh, without the folks from McMahon Meets, Tingley Insurance Agency, Wet Pools and Spas, Worth Computer Repair and uh, Toplas State Bank so we got a lot to uh, get to here today so uh, let's not mess around any longer and let's go ahead and uh, jump right into the show with first things first
2: before we get into the show first things first
3: And speaking of baseball, that's where we're starting off uh, today because, you know, sometimes these rule changes like that's going to be implemented in the 2023 uh, season with the the pitch count, well, that was implemented in the minor leagues last year, so it's only a matter of time before uh, they move uh, and uh, test it out in the minor leagues, and it's more than likely going to hit up the big leagues soon, but uh, Buster Olney reported on this last night that in all AAA ballparks in the minor leagues, they're going to use an electric. Strike zone for this upcoming uh, season in all 30 Class AAA parks, and uh, those sources told a Buster all any of that. And another significant step towards the implementation of technology at the big league level could be uh, coming. Uh, the automatic balls and a strike system, often referred as ABS, will be deployed in two different ways this season. In AAA uh, games, will be played uh, with all of the calls determined by half of the mm-hmm. uh, AAA games will be played with all of the calls determined by an electronic strike zone. And the other half will be played with an ABS challenge system, kind of similar to what they do in a uh, tennis there. So if you're ever watching uh, Wimbledon or a U.S. Open or something like that, uh, that's kind of what they use for their challenge system. If yes. they want to challenge a line call uh, there, that's kind of what's going to be used in uh, AAA and half of the uh, ballpark. So automatic strike zone or robot umpires are going to be implemented in 2023 at the minor league level
4: now travis i I want to get your opinion on this because you were a big big person who didn't want the whole robot umpire thing
3: yeah i don't like it you don't like it well in particular like this uh, abs challenge system like we're worried about slowing the game down. Right. Well, we're gonna every close call. We're like, up. Oh, we're gonna challenge that. Right. And so the umpire will have to go over, or whoever's gonna review it. I mean, I I didn't read the rest of the article mm-hmm. in depth, but uh, we're gonna have a, a challenge, and the umpire is gonna have to go take a look, or someone's gonna have to take a look at it. So we're gonna slow the game down a little bit, and we're we're all about speeding the game up, and this is only gonna slow it down.
4: Well, what if. And, again, they haven't kind of mapped out how this is looking 100%. -hmm. But what if it's just you get two
3: challenges a game? Okay, so it'll be everyone will get three challenges per game. See, that's... uh, With teams retaining challenges in cases when they are
4: correct. uh, See, I don't like that as much. I'd rather only have two if you're going to keep one if you're right yeah
3: in uh in uh, 2019 the independent atlantic league Mm -hmm. used the electronic strike zone in an all-star game and that same year the arizona fall league was played with the abs and in 2021 the abs was deployed in class 1a parks uh last season the full abs system was used for some uh, class triple a uh games
4: last season here's the problem with this all right in my opinion um I, st- I, I I, like it more of the challenging system as opposed to just straight robot umps, first of all. Mm-hmm. I, I, I still like there being human element because it's still on the manager to then decide, I'm going to challenge that. Which to me, as I've talked about here before, a baseball manager to me is the least important head coach on a sporting franchise. So if he has to make the decision to challenge a call, at least that's giving them something to do during a game. Uh-huh. So I don't mind that at all, because you can't worry about shifting, and you don't have to worry about pinch hitting for your pitcher anymore. So let's give these managers something to do during a game besides just calling up the bullpen in the fourth inning. But here's my problem. They have not yet said if and when this is coming to the majors.
3: No. But, but like I said, these rules are implemented all the time in the minor leagues, and it's only a matter of time. So is it that far of a stretch that in 2024 we could see it at the major league level?
4: Well, and that's that, That's what I'm getting at. We need to know because we have these young prospects that are going to get used if for this whole season of this system. And then when they get called up to the majors and it's not that system, it will affect their swing or the pitchers. It will affect the way they pitch. Possibly, yeah. So we need to know when this is coming to the majors because it's going to affect the farm systems. Right, yeah, and I
3: can totally see your point of uh, players coming up and uh, getting uh, kind of conditioned to this way of playing.
4: Specifically pitchers. Yeah. You know, of getting every single call right.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: When you get to the majors and this isn't implemented, you're not going to get every call right. So it's not going to look as you know, you're not going to get as many strikeouts. Maybe you'll get more walks, stuff like that. And I could see them getting more frustrated because in the minors, there's a robot who called everything. Mm-hmm. Or at least half and half to where there could be a challenge or if a need challenge be.
3: challenge system, yeah.
4: But I think going back to what they're implementing here, I think the challenge system, Travis, you know, you you mentioned it about, you know, I was going to slow down the pace of the game and, and stuff like that. I only see a manager using it in a critical situation. Yeah. Bases loaded, two outs, bottom of the sixth, down by two. Check mm-hmm. swings doesn't go, ump brings him up. You challenge at that point.
3: Just. It's not talking about check swings or anything like that. It's only like balls and strikes. No, but
4: if, if it's close, if, regardless of if he checked or not, if it's close, yeah. and he gets rung up. Right. You challenge it.
3: Right. Yeah, just on the pitch, not on the check swing. Right,
4: right, right. That's that's what I'm saying. I mean, if if the umpire says he was out because he he didn't check, that's he's out. But I'm saying if he did check his swing and the umpire said it was a strike. Yeah, sure. You challenge that. In the third inning with runners on second and third and two outs and a guy gets swung out, you know, gets strikes out looking, you're not going to challenge that.
3: You might some people want every call.
4: No, I don't I don't think you would because if you do it and you lose it then you're going to look like an idiot for later on in the game when there is something that could shift momentum. Yeah. And you miss it.
3: But of course we you know we see uh, NFL head coaches they don't do it very often. They use their challenges right up to the first half or anything like that and they don't have any more left.
4: Yeah. Yeah, it happens. It does happen and if you feel like that is gonna be a big momentum swing where it was a absolute egregious call. Yeah. Then yeah. But Travis, we've seen Well then if it's an egregious call then you'll get the challenge back then. Exactly. So But it's we've not that seen much in the us. postseason and we've seen last year in baseball how bad some of these calls were behind home plate. Yeah. If they're not gonna and we are seeing more and more umpires retiring. And more and more people don't want to be umpires. Mm-hmm. You gotta have something there.
3: Yeah, that's true.
4: So this is kind of the next step. No one wants. I don't see anyone volunteering and wanting to be an umpire because you don't get any praise. It is the most thankless job on the baseball field
3: because I, you I are know.
4: only known if you make a mistake. Right. Yeah. For that one guy who pitched, who called a perfect game behind the plate. Where he yeah, got it was everyone the,
3: right. It was that in the World Series? I know it was in the postseason. I think for it was sure. in the
4: postseason. I'm not 100% sure it was in the World Series. But other than that, no yeah, one's ever going to remember you. What a guy that is. Oh, yeah. He's going, 100. Wow. I don't need a robot. What robot? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I know how to do my job. As more and more umpires are retiring and as more and more the zone keeps getting either shrunk or spread varying by umpire on a day-to-day basis yeah you know even in a series you're not having the same umpires do home play every game they rotate Mm -hmm. so on a game-to-game basis it's a different strike zone yep
3: i kind of feel like that's the kind of uh uniqueness about baseball it's the human element of it yeah I know sometimes I hear on the show about the rules of uh, baseball kind of all over the place. I'm old school in one aspect like this, uh, but I'm newer school in right. other aspects shifting. there. Shifting. And, you know, I don't hate the runner on second. Do I do I like it? I like it. I don't love it, but uh, I understand why they do it, and I'm fine why they do it. But, um, you know, this case, I fall in the line of old school baseball. Of You know, that's the human element. That's kind of what makes baseball And not really unique, but uh, that's just baseball to me. It's just umpires and, yeah, you're going to have bad calls, bad
4: strikes here or there. I'd be more okay with the challenge system at the major league level than the straight robot. Yeah. I think that is okay because every other major sport has a challenge system of some sort. Besides the NBA. Yeah,
3: well, they do have a coach challenge.
4: They do have a coach challenge, and they do have. I mean, they'll go back and look at buzzer beaters, Mm -hmm. and they'll they'll go back and look at them before they say, you know, it was good or it wasn't good. So yeah, it's just they get the call right. Right. So that there's a way to check every every other sport has a way to check itself, other than baseball. Yeah, baseball needs a way to check itself, and just make sure everything's good. Yeah, and maybe we've already seen the evolution
3: of challenging a home run call uh, here or there. So uh, doing this automatic strike zone, what's next uh, after that? Is more and more stuff going to be able to be uh, challenged like check swings or anything like that or Mm -hmm. close plays at first or close
4: plays at second or whatnot? So, I don't know. I mean, let me just as, as you're going off of that, I draw the line there like i don't I don't want there to be no umpires on the field, and everything's done by a you know a drone camera that is watching every base and and timing everything and and that's too far so you draw the line I think balls and strikes, and I'd even say check swings, I'd be okay with a robot calling, yeah, let's get it right, yeah, I guess so, but yeah. We're saying this this now, but whenever the postseason starts and the Cardinals get eliminated on a bad third strike call, Travis would be like, we need the robot. Where is it? In the first round, right?
3: After they win well, the Well, yeah, Central. in the first round, yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: yeah. Right. After they win the Central. Yeah, totally. Losing but, to
3: the wildcard team. Uh, yeah, just like this year. Uh, now, in uh, Class 1A, they did adopt a challenge system, uh, and uh, the uh, plate umpire called balls and strikes, but the batter, pitcher, and catcher each had the power to challenge the decision on a particular pitch. Uh, one official noted this seemed to foster another layer of in-game strategy with managers and coaching staffs guiding players on the best manner to use the challenges, avoiding frivolous challenges and protecting the team from egregious ball and strike mistakes and pivotal moments uh, there, like you said, about mm-hmm. you know, kind of like a bases-loaded uh, situation right. rather than just a, a random like second-inning strike that was missed or whatever.
4: Well, and what I would love to see is, you know, hypothetically, if a pitcher has a perfect game. Let's say going in the seventh in the eighth. You still use that challenge to keep his perfect game alive? You know the pitcher's saying use it. If there's a close call that ends up being a walk, use it. Yeah. And that's where the manager's gotta make the decision. Mm hmm. Right.
3: It definitely does uh, some uh, strategies and whatnot. So uh, at the winter meetings coming up, MLB GMs will be uh, briefed on the ongoing efforts to shape the strike zone in a way that is more conductive for action in the season ahead. There will be more focused on lowering the top of the strike zone, an area in which many pitchers have uh, contributed to the record rate of strikeouts and calling strikes within 17-inch horizontally plane above home plate. So uh, they'll be briefed on the situation, it looks like a point of emphasis of lowering the strike zone uh there uh, as well uh, this season upcoming in the uh, winter meeting so uh don't forget that uh, coming up as i mentioned at the top of the show we got uh, information on the uh, cardinals caravan to come into uh, mattoon on uh, sunday at noon and don't want to miss it you can get your tickets at the uh, lakeland athletic office or uh at the door as well and uh, come and get Uh, some pictures and some autographs uh, with the uh, players involved but i'll talk more about that coming up later in the uh, podcast but right now we move on and uh, we move on to a local sports from last night and get you set for a loaded weekend and loaded night as well coming
2: up here on the star lineup the starting lineup from 98.9 the game studios we'll be right back
1: Imagine the possibilities with Teutopolis State Bank. This is Justin Naders. If you're buying a home, see us to get pre-qualified. When you're pre-qualified, the seller knows you mean business, and that can save you thousands. If you're building a new home, we'll help you get started with a construction loan customized just for you. Ask around, talk to your friends. You'll see why so many homes start with a little help from Totopless State Bank. And Teutopolis, Sigel and Effingham, equal housing lender and member FDIC.
3: Get in zone, AutoZone.
1: Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? Ah, thinking about gas mileage. You know, changing your oil with a full synthetic oil like Valvoline Advanced can help your engine get more miles. Right now, you can get 5 quarts with an STP Extended Life oil filter for only $38.99. Go farther with better fuel efficiency. Get the parts you need when you need them at AutoZone or AutoZone.com. Get in zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply.
2: When you bundle your renters and auto insurance with Progressive, you could save money, but it doesn't cover any terrible memories living rent-free in your head.
1: Remember when one of your best players got injured, but not like on a play or anything? He got injured celebrating a play, and it's not like it was a game-winning play or... In the playoffs. And he was out the rest of the season? Because he was injured while celebrating? Yeah.
2: Sorry, we can't save you from that memory, but we could save you money bundling your renters and auto insurance with Progressive. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Renters insurance and bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Hello there, my name is Seychelle and what makes the Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich original to me is the punch of flavors that's unlike any other. You get the crispy tenderness of the chicken and that hint of sourness from the pickles. (laughs) Ta-da!
4: Hey, I'm Juan and what makes the Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich original to me
3: is you know you're going to get chicken that's crispy, golden, and juicy. This is the gold standard of
2: chicken sandwiches. Order the original Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich on the Chick-fil-A app today. Real customers paid for their testimonials. And now the starting lineup. The Memphis. Memphis. Turn around three seconds. Go! You made it at the brother! You made it at the brother! We're going to overtime. On 98-9 the game. Goal!
3: Welcome back in to the uh, starting lineup here on 98.9 at the uh, Game ESPN Radio. Uh, Travis Sparks, Eric Fry here with you. Eric Fry on that call, one of my favorites from you from years ago. Oh, yeah. Coming up here, uh, that was from uh, high school sports. Let's talk some high school basketball. And uh, last night, the game that you were at, was uh, Brownstown a uh, St. Elmo getting the victory over Altima 57-2-44 was the uh, final score there as Brownstown jumped out to the 9 point lead after one quarter 19-2-10. Also uh, a, a glaring uh, stat in the uh, third quarter. Only 7 points put mm-hmm. up uh, by the Lady Indians there in that quarter compared to Brownstown's 18 and uh, that seemed like uh, they uh, jumped out early and uh, Altima put himself in a deficit early that they uh, just couldn't Come, come back from against Brownstown last night.
4: Yeah, turnovers and, and you know too too many turnovers leading to transition buckets for Brownstown-St. Elmo last night. Um, also, Brownstown had uh, a player, uh, Ireland, who is just a, a beast down low. I mean, and she was just finding ways to get open, picking rolls, and was just rolling inside. And Altamont just doesn't have the height to match with that. The other thing is that Brownstown-St. Elmo shooters were on last night. They were making yeah. their shots when they were open. And uh, Coach said that post game. She said, credit to them. They are making their shots. Um, so the, the other thing is, you know, Altamont usually not very deep on the bench. They weren't very deep last night, as well as not everyone played. So uh, definitely, um, you know, it, it was a, a rough night for Altamont. It started off, like you said, giving up 19 points in that first quarter. That's just an omen, kind of, of, uh oh, you know, something's gone wrong. And Altamont made a couple runs at it. They got it down to three points at one point in time. Yeah. But every time they'd make a run, Brownstown would go on a 7 0, 9 2 run and kind of snuff anything out that Altamont, uh, any momentum Altamont was building. At one point, the tribal council got on their feet. It was down to three points. And you're like, all right, here Getting we go. Back in it. And then Brownstown will get on a run and they would, you know, just keep getting it inside to Ireland, and, and mm-hmm. she would she would do her thing. She ended up with 19 points. Uh, I thought Remington Miller, though, had a good game on both sides of the ball. Uh, defensively, she had forced a couple turnovers. She had 15 points to lead Altamont last night, but she was the only one in double figures for the Lady Indians. So, um, definitely some time to turn around if you're Altamont, but now you're 11 and 10 on the season. You're 4 and 4 now in conference play heading into conference tournament next week and then the CICNTC shootout on on Saturday. So you got a couple of big games coming up here. Uh, if you are Altamont that you got to try and, and get the ship righted. Right, Yeah, for for sure.
3: Trying to navigate uh, the waters there on uh, Saturday against uh, Warrensburg before they jump into the conference tournament there against uh, North Clay, a Mm -hmm. team that they uh, faced earlier on in uh, the season. And it seems always that the style that North Clay uh, plays always seems to uh, give them trouble and whatnot, so we'll uh, have to see what happens there in uh, Beecher City uh, coming up on uh, Monday, but like you said before we get there, Saturday 5.30 approximately, we do have uh, several other games in front of that uh, including a team that was in action uh, last night, they're trying to bounce back from a uh, loss but 5.30 is the scheduled start time for Altamont and Warrensburg Latham over on Jack FM coming up uh, tomorrow and uh, speaking of that team, that is uh, BO4 Altamont and and this is the game that I had checked out uh, last night. As this was a, a big one in the uh, NTC, and man, no one saw this coming. Maybe they saw the outcome, but uh, not the deficit that was uh, put on Nioga as St. Anthony pulled out the win, a 77 to a 37. A No injuries whatsoever for Nioga. Same Mm. thing. Come out and dominated from the tip as they jumped out eight to nothing early on, and uh, the Nioga just seemed like they. Did not get off the bus, and Saint Anthony came in ready to play. And uh, Nioga had some difficulties with the press that uh, Saint Anthony was implemented. You know, it was eight to nothing to start the game, and it was thirteen to two at one point when Coach Romack uh, called the timeout to try to right the ship uh, a little bit, and the ship was never uh, righted there as uh, Saint Anthony totally dominated. Uh, this game, it was like uh, at one point it was almost like a layup line with uh, Vonderheide, and every hole that Nioga's defense had, St. Anthony exploited it, and uh, they looked like they were the number uh, six team in the state uh, versus uh, Nioga, who mm-hmm. was the sixth team in the state. So uh, maybe uh, put some a little bit more respect on uh, St. Anthony's name. They made a yeah. statement there. Now I will say on one side, Nioga. They lost this matchup as well last year before the conference tournament. Right. And their season ended up okay. Yes, it now, did. Now, granted, this wasn't as big of a deficit as it was mm-hmm. last year. But, I mean, it was a wide margin, but not like this margin of victory. But uh, And then they got revenge in the conference tournament later on. They beat them in, in, in the following week.
4: Well, I think and the other differences, and, you know, shout out to all my Neoga peeps because, you no, know, I've already messed them up up there. But last year... They were kind of the underdog going up against St. Anthony. They weren't as touted as they are this year. They weren't ranked sixth in the state when they lost to St. Anthony last year. So, I do think this is kind of a big deal. But losing a regular season game isn't nearly as important as the conference tournament as state playoffs. So, I can see Nioga learning from this and getting better which is scary for every other team in the area so but St Anthony found something last night, exploited it and got the win and showed that they are just as good as Neogon on any given day. Right, yeah, they definitely had a playing with a added chip on
3: their shoulder mm-hmm. uh last night uh, for sure. So, uh now St. Anthony improves to 17 and 4 on the season and now they are undefeated in conference 5 and 0 and that was Neoga's first loss in the ATC. They're 5 and 1 and Fall to 19 and 3. Vonderheide led the way of for St. Anthony. She had 24 last night. A Fearday had a 22 and also uh, she uh, set a record last night as well, putting in a bucket there in the uh, fourth quarter. And uh, she's the all-time points leader. Uh, I think it was girls basketball history. I didn't quite catch the uh, announcement, but mm. uh, they clearly were, were looking for her there in the, the fourth. Uh, still up big, but uh, wanted to get that record there at home. Uh, Faber, uh, she added 14 and Ruha had 10. Sydney Richards had 18. Uh, but no one else was really close to uh, double figures. I mean, Brain Richards had six, but that was the next closest person uh, there. So statement made by uh, St. Anthony uh, last night over Nioga, But we'll see if they can match up in a rematch next week and then see if it's a different story. Yes. Uh, and uh, speaking of a statement win, Effian picked up a huge win over Paris last night in uh, kind of a Coach Schaefer appreciation uh, night uh, there as some of uh, the former players and managers came back and uh, visited him, and Paris jumped out to the two-point lead after one quarter, and they also led at halftime by three. But then FEM in the second half outscored Paris 29-19 to to uh, come away with the win. Nieberg led the way for the Hearts. She had 11. Sage Altoff also had 11. Uh, Beals added ten, and Young, only player in double figures for Paris. She had ten. Uh, Combs is right there. She had nine, and Hawkins and Watson both had eight. Um, and Paris' only second loss of the season. Now nineteen and two, and Fem is improved to fourteen and six on the year. Mm. And I uh, forgot to mention that uh, Brownstown quietly having a good season as well. Sixteen and six on the year, and now four and one in the conference. While Altamont slipped to eleven and ten, and four and four. In the NTC there before the conference tournament and in yoga burn this tape forget about it yeah uh, you got your butt kicked and you move on and uh, you're gonna take on uh, Vandelia coming up in that uh, shootout coming up tomorrow uh, Cumberland uh, they got an LPC win as they defeated Oka Valley 39-36 Cumberland now 10 and eight three and zero in the conference now Okah Valley one and four in the LPC topless picked up a win over Flora, 39-33, low-scoring affair there. T-town had the lead, 23-17 at the half, and uh, they wanted to win. Kaylee Niebury led the way; she had 20. Conkell had 13, and that was pretty much all the scoring of uh, for topless And Carter was uh, pretty much all the scoring for Flora as well. And uh, T-town improves to 18 and two on the season. Uh, Duggar Union defeated Red Hill 37-32 as Arcola picking up a Lincoln-Prairie a win as well. Now they're 6-0 and in the conference on 14-4 and overall. And we won this one by 3 over Saragordo, Gordo, 36-33. Cerro Gordo falls to 14-6 and 2-2 in the conference. Tuscola also picked up a, a big win in Central Illinois conference play as they continue to be undefeated. They'll also be at the shootout tomorrow. Super excited for uh, that matchup. Might stick around a little bit after uh, my game for uh, the uh, Tuscola CHBC matchup. The Warriors, they beat Clinton last night, 57 7-49. Tuscola now nineteen and 4 zero in the CIC. And Clinton five hundred now, and that was their first uh, conference loss. Mm. They're three and one now. Boys basketball is Mount Zion over Charleston, seventy-two to forty. Mcatee led the way up for the uh, Braves, who improved to eighteen and two now, seven and zero in the Apollo. Charleston six and ten overall, three and four in the Apollo from last night in boys basketball only boys basketball score to report on there let's turn the page to uh tonight a loaded a schedule of course we got the hearts and conference play against taylorville st anthony's at breeze modern day breeze is uh, pretty good i thought they were getting votes in the polls yesterday uh dietrich is at south central lawrenceville that's a big one in uh, uh little illini conference play it's lawrenceville hosting a uh, newton uh, patoka is at st elmo uh, Windsor Two Straws hosting Ramsey. Rivalry game with Casey and Marshall. Uh, Mount Carmel at Olney is also a good one in uh, the Little Illini. Paris at North Central. Uh, Clinton is at Shelbyville. Arcola hosting Ocot Valley. Arthur is at uh, Decatur. Lutheran and Decatur LSA there. Argenta is at Tri County. Sullivan is hosting at Tuscola. Robinson's at the Evansville Harrison Shootout uh, there, be, but they'll be there tomorrow as well. And uh, two games on our airwaves on WCRE. You got uh, Cumberland making the trek to uh, Villa Grove uh, tonight, Eric. That's where you got. You got the Blue Devils tonight.
4: Yeah, we got the Blue Devils tonight, and this is a very important matchup for the Cumberland Pirates. You know, as we talked about, next week we'll be seeding for the tournament. Cumberland enters this uh, contest um, at 1-1 in conference play, uh, I believe. No, I think they're 2-1, or 1-2, actually. Uh, 1-2. Villa Grove is 1-1 in conference play um, and and 7-10 overall. So these are two evenly matched teams, two teams that I don't think are having quite the season they would have expected. So it's definitely a big game for the Cumberland Pirates to try and get This ship righted, no pun intended. Sure, yeah, and it's kind of you can
3: put yourself in that uh, clump of uh, teams that are tied uh, with one on one records and one and two records uh, there, possibly after tonight, Mm -hmm. depending on the outcome of the games uh, there this evening for conference tournament uh, wise. So, uh, yeah, maybe you can break away from yourself and yeah, just to get this right back on our right track here because running out of time in uh twenty twenty three. Yep. Um, you know, playoffs so will postseason will be here before before you know it. So uh gotta get it started uh tonight there in uh, Villa Grove and then absolutely a, a marquee matchup, a heavyweight boxing match. This is North Clay and Altamont tonight over on a Jack FM. This is the game of the night in the area. I don't wanna jinx it by any means, but Heavyweight matchup for sure. North Clay enters a flying high as well, just as high as the Indians. Eight-game winning streak. They lost on December 9th to Newton, 66-57, and they haven't lost since. They went on to win the Conrad Allen uh, tournament. there in Wayne City again. And Altamont, of course, on their nine-game win streak. They lost to Breeze Central in that Greenville shootout, and they haven't lost since, including taking out Casey and winning the Cesar Hall of the tournament. And we saw that last... Uh, Yesterday, on last show, uh, they're the number four team in class on 1A mm-hmm. uh, this evening, and uh, we uh, have a said all this week that uh, this is important for uh, the number one seed in the uh, NTC uh, coming up, and uh, Altamont can keep this going, and uh, North Clay can come in here at Altamont and make a big statement uh, tonight and uh, secure that uh, number one seed in the NTC. No matter who wins this game, you would have to think as North Clay three and 0 in the conference at 12 and four, Altamont at two and O in the conference and 14 a and a three overall. Um, What's going to win out? Both teams are great shooting, Mm -hmm. but also both teams are good defensively uh, as well. And if you think that North Clay is, and I don't think Altamont does, but uh, fans out there, you you know, if you think North Clay is just, Logan Fleener, you would be mistaken. They got other uh, good shooters as well, Booz and uh, Zimders, who hit four three-pointers the other day against Lawrenceville. And that was a a good win because Lawrenceville is a great team, only their third loss on Tuesday uh, against North Clay. So uh, hopefully uh, this will be an entertaining uh, game and who is going to win out tonight there in Altamont. This is what you want, high school basketball, NTC basketball. Uh, should be a good win, and hopefully, it's uh, another packed house on a Friday night. Uh, there in Altamont, but of course, can't make it out to the game, can't find a seat. Oh, uh, you just listen to it in your car, yes. Jack FM over there on 100.5, 105.5.
4: Yeah, a, a super important game mm-hmm. tonight. Um, like we said, the the winner of this, you think, has to have a very strong Fast case track, yeah. for the one seed in the NTC. Um, I think so for sure. Um, Or at least it definitely bolsters their case to be the one seed. Uh Um, So yeah, and you know, Altamont's been playing so well lately. They're going to be at home, which I think gives them an edge. I really do in this contest. I think if it was a neutral site game or played in North North Clay, I, I may give the edge to North Clay. But being in Altamont that crowd being what it is, that building being how it is designed and how it's made up, I give the edge to Altamont tonight.
3: Give the edge to Altamont. Yeah.
4: Well, we'll, we'll see. Although, I don't know if you want to take down your favorite coach. So you're conflict know, I of am interest torn.
3: Here. I am torn here uh, for, for sure. So uh, call him the game so I won't make a prediction. Oh, yes. Uh, Good call. I'll be like Kurt Herbstreit. He doesn't make picks uh, the on games, games he, he does, yeah. <laughs> uh girls basketball uh tonight as well it's taylorville and uh, charleston uh, and also over on our sister station right here on 98.9 it's uh michigan state and illinois that we'll talk about uh but a loaded schedule for a saturday as well in a boys basketball oblong hut at chbc neoga and Ocop valley uh, north clay back in action against woodlawn uh the is, uh, at madison Sisney is hosting mount carmel robinson still at that evansville harrison Shootout St. Teresa at Argenta, Flora hosting Van, uh, Vandalia. Arcola is at Central AM, and also the Rick McGraw Memorial Boys basketball invitational. Pena is going to be there, so is Taylorville taking on Nicomas, and Alt Marquette is taking on, uh, Alt Marquette JV is taking on Greenville. Girls basketball, that NTC CIC shootout there in Warrensburg. Dietrich versus Shelbyville gets it started. Uh, North Clay and Mer- Meridian wins two straws against Sullivan. AM and Brownstown St. Elmo. That's a good matchup, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nyoga and Vandalia, and then Altamont versus Warrensburg, Latham over on Jack, and uh, CHBC and Tuscola in the main event uh, there. You also got the topless there at the Highland Tournament uh, there. Also uh, there against Waterloo in uh, their game. Uh, Breeze Moder Day is also there as well. Breeze Central is as well. A little Illini conference tournament gets underway at Mount Carmel. Uh, Number one seed, uh, Paris, against number eight seed, Lawrenceville. Five seed, Mount Carmel against the four seed, Marshall. Seventh seed, Casey, against the two seed, Olney. Six seed, Newton, against the three seed Robinson. And also the uh, uh, Lincoln Prairie conference tournament gets underway. Uh, The nine seed, Argenta, is at the uh, blue uh, is at the eighth seed, of Blue Ridge, in uh, that one. Winner of that will advance to Monday's game to take on Tri County there in Cumberland.
4: Yeah, getting everything started off there, and one more thing for our airway, our sister of stations, and that is uh, tomorrow, eleven thirty in the morning. Travis, we got NBA basketball as it'll be the Bucks taking on the Heat. Ooh, Bucks Tomorrow and at eleven thirty in the morning. Check it out, the
3: Greek early. Freak. Early, yeah. Uh Also, in that LPC uh, conference tournament, there on Monday, you got Arcola and uh, Cumberland, and you got Arthur against Okah Valley, and Sarah uh, Gordo against the Katar LSA. And uh, both of these games, or all of those games, kind of start at the same time, but uh, some of them will be played at the high school, and then some of them will be played at the over the junior high uh, there to complete this Lincoln Prairie conference. Uh, tournament there on Monday and also Mattoon is at MacArthur and Civic Memorial is at Taylorville uh, tomorrow as well and uh so that does it wow Uh, absolutely a loaded schedule you can check out those local sports on our website femrad.com and click on the uh, local sports tab there but uh we have to move on and uh, keep this show rolling as coming up next we're going to talk some college basketball and uh, some uh, fighting Illini big matchup uh, tonight against uh, Sparty there in Champaign that's what we're talking about coming up next
2: the starting lineup from 98.9 the game studios will be right back Adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis who are candidates for systemic or phototherapy, now there's SkyRizzy, risankizumab Rizza, a prescription-only 150-milligram injection. With SkyRizzy, three out of four people achieve 90% clearer skin at four months, and SkyRizzy is just four doses a year after two starter doses.
3: Nothing in me go hand in hand. Nothing on my skin, that's my new place.
2: With Rizzy, you could achieve 90% clearer skin. Ask your doctor about the number one dermatologist prescribed biologic and psoriasis and visit SkyRizzy.com or call one 866 sky to learn more. And now, the starting lineup. With the five wins, I think they'll have enough playoff points. This is
0: Marty Stock at Holders Plus with some money-saving ideas. Start with a great...
2: On eight nine The Game.
4: Eric Fry, Center Update. The Blues surrendered three goals in the final 10 minutes of their 4-1 loss to the Flames at the Enterprise Center as St. Louis is now in fourth place in the Central Division with 45 points and a 21-19-3 record. They're home against Tampa Bay tomorrow night. Some college hoops action from yesterday. Southeast Missouri beat Lindenwood, 94-71. SAU Edwardsville beat EIU. EIU goes down again, Travis, 80-62. Western Illinois lost to Oral Roberts, 87-63. Tomorrow, SEMO hosts uh, Morehead State or visits Morehead State, I should say. EIU hosts Little Rock. Southern Illinois welcomes Illinois State. Lindenwood is at SAUE, and Western Illinois has a road game against Kansas City. Missouri State hosts Indiana State on Sunday. Taylor Radish provided the heroics for the Blackhawks in their 3-2 win over the Colorado Avalanche at the United Center. He broke a 2-2 tie with a game-winning goal early in the third period. The Blackhawks remain in the last place, Central Division. With 25 points and an 11-25-4 record, they host the Kraken tomorrow night. The Bulls will try to avoid a three-game losing streak when they host the Oklahoma City Thunder at the United Center tonight. The Bulls are coming off a 197 loss to the Washington Wizards on Wednesday. Chicago's tied for 10th place in the Eastern Conference at 19-23. and 23. Tonight's game tips off at 7 o'clock, and Lamar Jackson is out for the wildcard game this weekend.
3: Welcome back into the uh, starting lineup here on 98.9. Travis Sparks here. Eric Fry, with the uh, Sports Center, hit uh, there. And uh, one thing that I for, uh, forgot to mention there in the uh, local sports there that I was talking about at the beginning of the show was that uh, St. Teresa, they are having those uh, changes in the conference in mm-hmm. uh, football uh, there, as well as their uh, coach, Mark Ramsey, has uh, decided to uh, retire. Oh. So he retires on top. Yeah. Wins the I mean, state wins the state championship and, and goes out there so
4: what better way to retire than with the perfect season
3: right yeah wanted to uh, mention that there as his record is impressive and uh, legendary coach there at uh, St. Teresa as well as he uh, a legendary coach there at Central A&M as well he spent 30 years with the Raiders for Central A&M before moving on to uh, St. Teresa where he was 76 and 8 and he has over 300 wins in his uh, coaching uh, career so uh, legend in the, the Uh, 333 wins for his uh, career, and he got that with the state championship uh, with St. Teresa. So, had some legends retire on uh, top. We got Mark Ramsey in St. Teresa and Coach Leonard Mm -hmm. uh, for uh, Sagerhart Griffin as well. Been around their program for like 40 years or whatnot. Decided to uh, retire uh, this year as well on top. Go out on top, yeah. Yeah, So, I wanted to pass that news along as well. It happened on Wednesday, I think is when it came out. All right, so uh, tonight on uh, right this station is Illinois and Michigan State. They're in uh, Champaign. Eight o'clock tips. Seven o'clock will be the uh, broadcast uh, start time. As Michigan State uh, tied there at the top in the Big Ten standings, four and one, same as Purdue there. Uh, Michigan State, a 12 and four overall as they come in winners of seven games in a row for uh, Sparty. And uh, so they're coming in and playing some good ball. Of course, they play a tough non conference schedule. Uh, We ran through their losses the other day of Gonzaga and Alabama, and they've also lost to Northwestern, and uh, they fell to Notre Dame as well uh, there. So uh, Coach Izzo's got himself a a good squad there this year once again. Uh, They're currently um, 10th in the Big Ten in uh, scoring, though, so that's kind of a – Point to yeah. point to look at to uh, possibly uh, they don't score a lot of points in uh, the Illinois defense, the as good as they're playing uh, right now. Leading scorer for Sparty is Tyson Walker. Uh, six-one, and he's averaging about thirteen point nine points a game. Uh, their leading rebounder, Joy Hauser, thirteen point eight points per game, seven point six rebounds. That's kind of what Coach Izzo is all about: is uh, toughness and rebounding. They're only seventh, and so middle of the pack in the Big Ten in rebounding. Uh, this year, and also uh, A.J. Haggard, who had a, a big dunk the other night uh, against uh, who was that, uh, against uh, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. and uh, so um, he's a big contributor as well. Eleven point, nine points a game. He stands at a uh, six-four. So, uh, line I rolling right now, trying to get back in the swing. Things we said they're trying to get their groove back, and uh, they'll try to continue that and try to stop this winning streak that Michigan State is on, and try to keep. This momentum that the I have going on, I need to keep playing together, keep playing as a team uh, there, and um, hopefully the defense is there as well.
4: Yeah, that's what you need. You need the, like I said, you need the defense to be there. You need to just like just play as a team. Mm-hmm. I mean, that seems to be that's the totally magic picture. The last couple of the past seasons, two games. Um, I, if they do that, they can hang with Michigan State. It being at home helps. Yeah. Much like Altamont. Being at home will help more so for the Illini. I, I don't trust the Illini on the road. <laughs> sure. But at That's State fair. Farm Center, they're a different team, and they can come out and possibly surprise some people tonight.
3: Hopefully so. And uh, six-and-a-half-point favorites they are against uh, Sparty tonight. So, That's big. Yeah. I guess we'll uh, – Guess we'll see what happens uh, this evening uh, there in uh, Champagne uh, right here on uh, 98.9. Uh, hey, the uh, only uh, number one, the only team at top 25 action tonight is uh, Purdue, number three in the country. They're hosting uh, Nebraska uh, this evening. Uh, last night UCLA picked up the win over Utah, 68 or 68-49. Excuse me. Uh, Gonzaga escaped against BYU by a point seventy-five-seventy-four. 75-74. Really they're a good team. And Arizona, they have been, Eric. They've played great teams this season in the non-conference. Um, and Arizona beat Oregon State 86-74. And uh, the Big Ten last night, uh, they uh, Iowa got the win over Michigan despite all the threes made uh, by... Uh, Howard, there 34 points he poured in. And he got like seven three-pointers at one time. Uh, but Iowa won this one in OT, 93-2-84. And then uh – We've done it again as we cannibalize ourselves as Ohio State lost to Minnesota last night, even though they shouldn't have. And absolutely. And the Big Ten officiating comes through again uh, as Ohio State had a clean block there at the uh, very end. But the officials caught it a foul, and Minnesota would make their free throws there. Yeah. And 70-67 to 67 was the final there. But that was a bad call at the very end, costing the Buckeyes there. Uh, Last night, so hmm. Bad call Yeah, yeah, Big Ten, go figure
4: Yeah, right, that's all we do
3: (sighs) On Saturday You got a big matchup in the SEC Kentucky against Tennessee Maybe that's the nail in the coffin uh, For Coach Cal there I don't know. He's got a super big buyout there, so I don't think yeah. he'll get fired. No. Uh, Indiana. They speaking of a team that needs to right the ship. They need to get the turn the nose up on the season. Uh, they're hosting Wisconsin on Saturday. Uh, Kansas State is at TCU, so a rematch of the Big Twelve championship game in football. We'll see if it's an exciting game as that was. Uh, Missouri is at uh, Florida. Kansas is hosting uh, Iowa State. Uh, LSU is at Alabama. Uh, Duke is at uh, Clemson and UCLA hosting Colorado. And uh, Portland is at Gonzaga on Saturday. Let's see. uh, Sunday, UConn's in action and Marquette and Xavier in action as well. Bright and early there in the morning. And then they'll get you set for football, I imagine, would be. Uh, the next up after that mm-hmm. speaking of football next up uh, let's uh, close it out and we'll probably have to continue this in the pod as well as it's super wild card weekend uh, coming up this weekend one of the uh, greatest weekends in all of uh, sports and we'll talk about it and uh, that's coming up next to close out the show
2: from the 98.9 the game studios the
1: starting lineup we'll be right back <laughs>
3: and now and i also asked coach what can we expect from the fea hearts this season
1: well i'll tell you what it's um
0: it's ironic i was talking with a couple people about that
2: uh, it would help if i played the uh right clip back to the starting lineup on 98.9 the game
3: Welcome back in to the uh, starting lineup here on 98.9. We're only here on 98.9, which is a a smidge, a bit longer. Let's start the conversation and continue it on in the uh, pod as it's a super wild card weekend uh, coming up uh, starting on uh, Saturday festivities they get started with the uh, Seahawks and the uh, 49ers Mm -hmm. coming up of course Uh, Seahawks getting in uh, last week with a win and uh, the Packers lost thanks to the uh, Lions and uh, 49ers uh, coming in their third string quarterback pretty has been playing pretty good and uh, pretty good has Geno Smith been the season for the uh, Seahawks people wrote him off but he didn't write back and we'll see if uh, the Seahawks can uh, keep it going, pull all, out the rabbit out of their hat against the Niners. So it's going to be a tall task there on on
4: Saturday, bub. Seahawks will seem to be up for the challenge. Hey, you know what? Uh- major quarterback battle as we thought you know yeah, between Geno marquee, Smith and Brock Purdy yeah, two marquee matchups
3: <laughs> oh man uh currently uh, 49ers four uh, nine point favorites uh, they are I don't think that's what we have it
4: for for pickem
3: but Seattle. we'll talk about that uh, later yeah uh, we'll pickem coming up in the pod and then at a 7 to 15 on NBC it's going to be uh, the uh, Chargers going to Duval as the uh, Jaguars uh, won the AFC South and uh, Chargers social media team put out a video that they kept they're keeping those receipts of all these uh, analysts that Mm -hmm. are counting them out uh, this week against the uh, Jags and uh, the Chargers are favored by one and a half points uh, here currently as we stand uh, here and uh, this is significant because it's on NBC and uh, they're pulling in Al Michaels back. Oh, nice. I'm sure Uh Al
4: Michaels loves Chargers and Jaguars.
3: I mean, come on. That's a pretty decent uh, matchup, and he's going to be calling it with Tony Dungy there.
4: Hey, here's what I'm going to say about it, Travis. Mm -hmm. Loser of this game, coach gets fired. I think both these coaches are on the hot seat. (laughs) No. Not Doug Peterson. No. Mm. No. All right. Not so much Doug Peterson. Yeah, no. Uh, the They're just Chargers, happy
3: to be there. yeah, Chargers, yeah, definitely uh, on the hot seat uh, for sure. And also, loser cuts their hair as
4: well. The quarterback, oh, Justin Herbert and Trevor Lawrence. I hope not. I can't imagine either of them with short hair. <laughs> Do it at the end of the game
3: uh, on the post game. I'm the fifty exactly put him in the chair just That's like right. wrestling yeah strap him to it
4: hey they know something about that in Jacksonville.
3: <laughs> they do uh the uh dolphins on a sunday of course without tua now uh, running out there with uh, thompson and uh, they're going to a uh, buffalo to take on the bills and the bills 13 and a half point favorites uh, as we have them here on this line on mm-hmm. espn and uh yeah, the the Bills are gonna win us uh, by uh, a landslide here, especially when uh, Demar Hamlin comes out on the field or when he's shown on the video board. Yep. Uh, yep. There, it's just no, that's gonna happen. Yep. And uh, good luck to the Dolphins. Uh, also,
4: the Dolphins have lost their last eight games in games outside below thirty degree temperatures.
3: Hmm. Yeah, twenty eight degrees is what. However, the
4: closest was last time they played the Bills earlier this season. They lost by three. So. Mm, yeah, with Tua, so. All right? Yeah, I was
3: going uh, the Giants are in Minnesota to take on the uh, Vikings on a uh, Sunday as well. So we'll see if the Vikings can keep their uh, season going. Uh, Giants are smelling upset or mm-hmm. uh, there. So we'll see uh, what happens. And it is Kirk Cousins. So it's not. It's three thirty. Not in prime time, but. We'll see what it is in crunch time. The Vikings have had so many games where they've yes. squeaked by 11-0 and in one score games, but we'll see when and, their luck runs out. And
4: 8-1 and one at home, Travis. That's the other stat mm. for me. 8-1 and one at home.
3: Yeah, they protect uh protect that mm-hmm. uh fancy stadium there. Uh Ravens and a Bengals on a Sunday night football. Of course, that matchup gets a little less intriguing without a Lamar Jackson. Uh and uh these two teams just matched up last week. Yep uh there. So we'll see. Maybe you beat one team one week. It's kinda hard to do a back to back weeks, is. but uh yeah. I don't I don't see the outcome changing at all. Um, and then on Monday night football, you got the uh, Cowboys and uh, Bucks, Dak Prescott, and uh, Coach McCarthy on the hot seat there, and uh, Tom Brady, of course, wants to keep his season going. And we'll pick that game on Monday. Oh, okay, we'll save that for Monday night. Yes, Monday night. Yep, so uh, we'll uh, pick that one on a Monday, but we'll pick those other games for Super Wild Card Weekend coming up in the uh, pod, as well as we got uh, stuff to uh, announce and uh, talk about about the uh, Cardinals' uh, caravan coming up you won't want to miss, and uh, NBA and NHL action as well coming up in the uh, pod. So catch us there, and uh, coming up next here on ESPN Radio is uh, Fitz and Harry. Enjoy and enjoy a Super Wild Card Weekend as well. We'll talk to you on Monday. Welcome in to uh, overtime of the uh, starting lineup. It's Travis Sparks, Eric Fry here with you and uh, coming up here in overtime we're going to pick those super wild card weekend games that we were mentioning except for the Cowboys and the Bucks saving that uh, for later we got uh, national sports to uh, hit up on as well and uh, we also got some uh, baseball stuff coming up as well stick around a special interview coming up about the Cardinals caravan coming up on Sunday in Mattoon uh, there at noon and I'll tell you more Information about that coming up very soon and a very special interview as well that you don't want to miss coming up at the end of the uh, podcast. But before we uh, get there, before we uh, get to national sports, let's clean up Sports Center.
4: All right, well, let's clean up Sports Center. Here's what we got uh, The Colts have interviewed their first external head coaching candidate. It's on Thursday. Indianapolis completed an interview with Broncos defensive coordinator Eero Ivero. Denver's D.C. also interviewed with the Broncos and the Texans. Ivero spent one season in Denver after spending several years on the Rams staff. Colts are also expected to interview Eagles offensive coordinator Shane Stetchen as well as Lions offensive coordinator Ben Johnson in the coming days. The Chargers might be without one of their top wideouts for the wildcard game against the Jags. The yeah. wide receiver Mike Williams is officially questionable to play on Saturday night as he deals with back contusion. Williams suffered the injury in Los Angeles' Week 18 loss to the Broncos, so there is that. Uh, The Chargers visit Jacksonville on Saturday in their first playoff game since the 2018 season. LeBron James is still leading the field in the latest NBA All-Star voting update. LeBron has received the most votes with over 4.8 million and is on pace to match Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's record 19 career All-Star appearances. Kevin Durant is still second with 4.5 million votes and leads all Eastern Conference players. James is trailed by Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, Nokia Jokic, and Anthony Davis in the Western Conference. Just behind Durant in the East are Giannis Antetokounmpo, Jason Tatum, Joel Embiid, and Kyrie Irving. Boston Celtics guard Jalen Brown is set to miss a week or two with a right abductor strain. Brown is coming off a 41-point performance against the Pelicans on Wednesday night. The 26-year-old star told reporters following the game that he had tweaked his groin and would have it evaluated. Celtics head coach Joe Mazzulla said that he is not sure what the timeline is and that the team would know more in the coming days. Brown is averaging a career-high 27.2 points per game this season for the first-place Celtics. And finally, Travis, mm-hmm. you made fun of it yesterday, so I'm going to bring it up now. The Kraken handed Boston its first regular season home loss uh, of the what? season after a 3-0 victory over the Bruins. Wow. Seattle now 25-12-4 and are third in the Pacific with 52 points. The Bruins still lead the NHL with 68 points and are now 19-1-3 on the season at home. Wow. Kraken. Boom! My Kraken. Look at him go. Now I'm I'm conflicted because tomorrow night they take on the Blackhawks. So I'm like, ah, who, who am I rooting for? The good team, the Kraken.
3: I was gonna say, the good team. Have Blackhawks uh, another loss, and you get uh, be on the track for Bedard. How how,
4: <laughs> how the world has shifted, Travis. The Kraken, yeah. 25, 12 and four.
3: Yeah, it's been quite the pleasant surprise. Yes. Quite the turnaround from last yes. season. Yes,
4: they may not have been the Vegas Knights, but they're starting to do okay this season. Yeah, they're doing good. No sophomore the... slump.
3: No. Uh not not at all. Uh, speaking of the Cardinals caravan, uh, coming up, I uh, wanted to mention a couple of things from MLB as we kind of let off the show with the automatic strike zone mm-hmm. coming up in AAA all ballparks. Uh, Cardinals had a uh, nostalgia run this past season. Well, nostalgia for Andrew McCutcheon. He's coming back to Pittsburgh. Yes. That's right, and he's close to some uh, milestones with hits and home runs and uh, some other ones as well. So, uh, McCutcheon coming back to uh, the uh, Pirates
4: a season that you'd have to think winding down his yes, career there. absolutely. I'm glad he's going back to Pittsburgh. Yeah. And to end it where it started. Sure. Uh, update on that Mike Williams injury. He's going to be out two to three weeks with a fracture in his back.
3: Mm. Man.
4: So he will not play. Will not play. Mm. Also, I saw that Kyle Corver has re-signed with the Hawks to be assistant GM.
3: I did see that.
4: Hey, Kyle Corver, man, he knew how to shoot that three. Hmm. Why not have him be your assistant GM? Hmm. Um. He was the franchise's director of player affairs and development. Hmm. Kyle Corver. It's like the he went right office. off the court right into the front office.
3: Kind of. It does kind of seem that way. Like,
4: did did he even like clean out his locker? Did he just still keep a locker in the? Uh, in the locker room. Oh he's, yeah, he's got a locker. He still keeps a the locker there.
3: Yeah. Shoot or shoot. He yep. he just goes out and just shoots threes. And Absolutely. There whenever he wants. So, uh, speaking of uh, the NBA uh, from last night, the uh, Thunder they beat the uh, 76ers pretty good. One thirty three a to one fourteen. Uh, Guild uh, Alexander had uh, 37 uh, points last night. Uh, the Celtics beat the Nets 109 to uh, 98. Uh, the Bucks lost to the Heat, uh, and uh, the Heat won 108 to 102. Uh, there. Uh, Raptors 124 to 114 over the uh, Hornets. Uh, Siakam had 35 points for Toronto in a double overtime. It was the Mavs getting the win over the Lakers 119 to 115. Luka triple double again, 35 points, 14 rebounds, 13 assists. And LeBron had a double double, one assist shy of a triple double himself. 24 points, 16 boards for LeBron, and only nine assists. Glad we picked that game up. Yeah, I know. It was a great game there. Double OT, just Mm -hmm. what you want. Um, And then the Cavs beat the Trailblazers 119 to 113 last night, spoiling a Dame 50 point performance for a Dame, but he did it in a loss. So, yep. 50 points, but not good enough to get the win. Uh, let's see what's happening uh, tonight. Uh, Pelicans and back in action against Detroit. Hawks and in Indiana take on the Pacers, Knicks and Wizards. Uh, the Bulls are hosting the Thunder tonight. Uh, Suns at Timberwolves, Magic and Jazz, Nuggets, Clippers, and Rockets and Kings. Uh, That Nuggets Clippers game is going to be on ESPN and the game that's on at 630 on ESPN. I didn't even know this until uh, yesterday uh, that I saw him setting up for this. But speaking of nostalgia trips tonight, Warriors Spurs in the Alamo Dome. Ooh! Where they used to play in the yeah, late '90s with yeah. those uh, teal and pink colors. There, I saw the the setup. There, they're gonna host a regular season game there Let's uh, do tonight. It. So, uh, very cool. Don't normally check out uh, NBA uh, stuff, but I might don't
4: usually th- check out the Spurs, anyways. Might,
3: uh, yeah, especially now, 13 and 29. Uh, yeah. Goodness, uh, but a uh, little trip down uh, nostalgia lane uh, in the Alamo Dome uh, tonight.
4: Very cool. I mean, uh, unless Tim Duncan's suiting up, I don't give the Spurs much of a chance. So. <laughs> yeah, no, or or David Robertson either. Mana
3: Noble, Tony Parker,
4: Tony Parker. <laughs> unless they're coming out and and trying to play, I don't expect much. Vinny the Spurs Del Negro, now, yeah, Avery Johnson, Vinny Del Negro. Oh, Travis, you're hitting my sweet spot We need to <laughs> yes. keep moving along here.
3: <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, who could forget Bruce Bowen, uh, either? Don't uh, know how much he played there in the Alamo Dome. Wasn't
4: Robert Horry on some of those Spurs team, too?
3: Yeah, he was, but Big I, shot, I, Bob. I, I don't think it was in the Alamo no, Dome. No, not in the Alamo Dome.
4: Dome so uh but hey anytime we can bring up big shot bob yeah you know, i know
3: he was so clutch uh coming up at noon uh, tomorrow uh, like eric mentioned the bucks and heat uh over there on a 98.9 uh then you have the celtics hornets uh, grizzlies in indiana to take on the pacers uh calves t-wolves hawks raptors 76ers jazz mavs blazers On Sunday, what do we got here? Any intriguing ones out there? Warriors coming to Chicago, take on the Bulls. That's a loss. Uh, Nets and the Thunder. Uh, Let's see here. Um, 76ers, Lakers.
4: Hmm.
3: That's about it with the intriguing matchups. Uh, let's move on to uh, the NHL. Like Eric mentioned, the Kraken getting the win over uh, Boston, uh, shutting them out even. Uh, the Jets over the Sabres, 4-2-2. Uh, Hallibrook, 39 saves for the uh, Jets. Uh, Connor with a goal as well. Hurricanes put up a six spot on the Blue Jackets, 6-2. Uh, to two. Uh, The Red Wings over the uh, Maple Leafs, uh, 4 to one uh Huso was a good between the pipes for the Red Wings, thirty-two saves for him. That would have been nice uh to hang on to him, but it's neither here nor there. Uh Canadians of four to three over the uh, Predators. Uh Caulfield with another two goal performance uh there for him. Uh the Lightning five to four over the uh, Canucks. Uh the Wild three to one over the Islanders. Beat him the other night, but couldn't beat him uh, last night. As uh, Eric mentioned in the Sports Center, hit Flames mm-hmm. over the Blues, four to one uh, last night at Enterprise. The uh, Blackhawks got the win over the Avalanche, uh, three to two. Uh, Senators over the Coyotes, five to three. Golden Knights again uh, won against the Panthers, four to two. And the game of the night, the ending of the night, was in New York as the Rangers win this one in overtime. They tied it up in regulation with point. Two seconds left, literally at the buzzer. Doesn't get any closer than that, and uh, then they went in overtime, uh, two to one over the Stars, in mm. uh, quite the dandy of a finish for a regular season game. Yes, absolutely. Right at the buzzer. Do not see that every night. No. In uh, the NHL. So that was uh, something cool that happened uh, last night. Uh, games going on uh, this evening at the Jets against the Penguins, uh, Devils, and the Ducks, and Edmonton against uh, San Jose. they the only three games on uh, tonight. Uh, tomorrow, you got the Flames against the uh, Stars. Maybe the Flames are finally starting to get it to together now, 20 and 14 with the win. Uh, Last name, Maple Leafs at the uh, Bruins. Uh, That's a good one. And Penguins and Hurricanes is a good one as well. Senators, Avalanche, Blue Jackets, Red Wings, Canucks, Panthers, Canadians, Islanders, Capitals hosting the Flyers, Kraken, Blackhawks, Coyotes, Wild, uh, Sabres, and Predators. That's quite the mascot matchup. Yes. Uh, the Lightning are in uh, St. Louis to take on the uh, Blues. Uh, Edmonton in uh, Vegas to take on the Knights. And the Devils against the Kings. Loaded Saturday Yeah. for you in hockey. A lot of awesome matchups out there. Same. It's on Super Wild Card weekend. Kind of gets overshadowed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on Sunday, Carolina back in action. Uh, Rangers are in action as well. Uh, jets are in action as well there on Sunday. But, again, no one really cares no one will, about NBA, be, yeah. NHL on Sunday. It's all about the NFL. It's all about super wild card a weekend, doubleheader on Saturday, tripleheader on Sunday, and the Monday night game on Monday, of course. So. Yes, um, alright so I think that would uh, transition is, well
4: is this the second year Travis that we're doing the whole yes I, I couldn't remember how many years we've been doing the whole super wild card thing
3: yes I, I believe this second year I don't know what I don't remember what we did during COVID no one does try to
4: put that past us Yes. <laughs> try to put that in the back of our minds behind us yeah But you're behind in your past, or whatever they said, Lion Uh, King. Whatever. Hakuna Matata. (laughs) Hakuna Matata (laughs) indeed.
3: And uh, let's move on. This transitions well to Pick'em. Yes. Pick'em for Super Wild Card Weekend. Where do we stand going in to a Super Wild Card weekend, Eric? You
4: lead by four, Travis. 112-108. to 108. Mm-hmm. And we have uh, six games to pick. Six games. Decided not to throw in the Illinois game tonight. Thought about it. Went back and forth on it. But decided not to throw that in there. Nor the NBA game tomorrow. So we, we, we'll just stick with football for this weekend. Okay. So we'll start off Seahawks at the 49ers. I have 49ers minus 10. Ooh, Travis, who you got?
3: 49ers minus – there's quite a bit of spreads Mm -hmm. uh, on this one. So, uh,
4: I think uh, I'm going to go with the 49ers here. 49ers minus 10. Minus 10. I'm going to go with the Seahawks because everyone's doubted Geno Smith all season long. I don't think they win, but I think they keep it within 10. That's fair. Chargers at Jags. Chargers minus one and a half. Travis, who you got?
3: Mm-hmm. Everyone, I feel like, is on the Jaguars. Rightfully so. Uh-huh. Right uh, on the Duval train. So that's why I'm going to go the opposite way here.
4: I'm going to go with the uh, Chargers. You're going Chargers. Yes. I'm going with Jacksonville. Because I like the owner, and I'm looking for a job. All right. Well, I like the owner as as
3: well and the family, but uh, I'm going to go with the, the right. Chargers here. Maybe reverse psychology as well.
4: Dolphins at Bills. Bills minus 13 and a half. Travis, who you got? Uh, this one's easy. Yeah. Uh, Buffalo minus 13 and yeah. a half. I'm going to end my streak of going against you. I'm going to go with <laughs> Buffalo as well. If it's anything other than that, I will be shocked. Even though 13.5 is big, I think it's pretty easily covered. Yeah. Giants at Vikings. Vikings minus three, Travis. We're going to wait on this one. So we're (laughs) going to do Ravens Bengals next. Ravens at the Bengals. Bengals minus nine and a half. Travis, who you got?
3: Oh, man. You know, uh, now with the uh, Ravens uh, having Lamar Mm -hmm. out, sort of been. Uh, great matchup, but I don't see him keeping it close again. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I had the 49ers minus 10, the Bills minus 13.5, yeah, and, and now I got Cincinnati at
4: minus 9.5. I'll go with Cincinnati. All right. I, too, will go with the Bengals. I just I can't trust this Ravens offense without Lamar in it, so... All right, now uh, the reason we saved the Giants-Vikings because it's one of the closer ones of the weekend. Mm-hmm. Giants at Vikings, Vikings minus three. Travis, who you got? I think everybody is
3: kind of discounting the Giants a little bit here. And uh, so uh, the Vikings, they've played close games all year long. So uh, I think this could be a, another uh, close one. And uh, it's another close game obviously with a spread being the way it is Uh, so I'm gonna go the Giants here plus three Mm.
4: the Vikings aren't a lot of close games that's how they got here yeah wouldn't that just be the Minnesota thing to
3: get here and then lose their first game
4: yes to a team that in all honesty shouldn't be here but because of a tie they are here
3: I know it would have been the Lions.
4: It would have been the Lions. I'll go Vikings. I still think it'll be a close game, but I'll I'll go Vikings to play the game. Try and make up ground for you, ground on you.
3: I'm say you really are.
4: You I'm got... trying. It's either gonna separate us so where I can't come back, or we're gonna be right there. Yeah. Although the Super Bowl is double or nothing. Nothing. So. Is it? We're if making... you get it correct, we're we're gonna actually <laughs> pick the score for that. If you get it. Correct, hundred percent. I mean, if you pick the Super Bowl correct score, hundred percent, you should at least get five to ten bonus points. It's true. Yeah. So, but now, spreads aside, Travis, who are your picks to win the games
3: for this um, weekend? I mean, on uh, Saturday, I definitely think the the Niners. Yes. Uh, will win. I. Uh, I'm cheering for the Jags, but I can see the Chargers winning, uh, so I'll go with the Chargers there. Bills easily. Uh, I do. Uh, I do think the Vikings will win the game. Mm-hmm. Uh,
4: the Bengals, and I guess we'll have to wait on Monday. Yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk Monday about that Monday Night game. But um, yeah, I I pretty much agree with you. I think Jacksonville will beat the Chargers. Um, but yeah, which of these games do you think could be the most intriguing? To me, it's that Charger Jacksonville game. Yeah. Because these are two teams that I don't think anyone kinda had pinned in at the beginning of the season as, yep, they're making the playoffs for sure.
3: I think maybe the Chargers could have uh you could have yeah. said yeah. that. But yeah, I don't think that they were saying that the Jags were they thought they were definitely gonna be better without Urban Meyer. Right. Uh Yeah, I don't
4: think they were picked to win the AFC South. And to me, a team like that, and I'll throw the Giants in there as well, uh, and the Seahawks, Mm -hmm. teams that are not expected to be there are playing with house money. They have nothing to lose, specifically the Seahawks. With the spread being what it is, they have nothing to Mm -hmm. lose. Yeah. And it's against a team that they know. They faced them before this year twice.
2: Mm -hmm.
4: So... I'm going to keep my eye on that Seahawks game. Keep your eye on it. Keep my eye on it.
3: Uh, both of the uh, regular season games went the way of the uh, 49ers. Uh, week 2, uh, the Seahawks lost 27-7. to a seven. Obviously, they had different quarterbacks uh, in in that game. And I'm... I think that pretty was in by the time that they faced them uh, later on in the season where the
4: Seahawks lost 21-13. to a 13. doesn't matter, regular that season. One. Regular season doesn't matter.
3: I know. I know.
4: Everyone's 0-0 zero, zero right now.
3: Yeah. And I think that if I'm not mistaken that – let's see here. I think that everybody has played each other, I think. This oh, well, that's no This season fun. in the regular season, I think – um we don't want that. Here. I guess the Giants they faced the Vikings. Yeah, they uh faced them and they lost 27-24. Another close game. That was uh let's see that's week 18, 17, 16, so just like 3 weeks ago. Well, we don't like that. <laughs> let's see uh Chargers Jags. Uh they faced them in week 3. And the Jags whooped them 38-10 See Whooped them Whooped them Not even close Bills of course Faced the Dolphins twice And uh, they lost in week 3 And that's kind of when uh, Everyone was like Whoa Tua MVP Look out And then Such a shame And they lost a couple weeks ago a Close one 32-29 Did the uh the Dolphins.
4: I think he was on his way to having maybe not a MVP season, but a very good season. Oh yeah, he definitely and, would have been in the MVP conversation. The way and now there's playing. talk about his career.
3: I know. <sighs> yep. And then uh, the Cowboys and a Bucks squared off on Sunday night football, first game of the year. Oh yeah. Well, not the first first game for Sunday night football. Right. Sixteen to three, Dallas lost. Hmm. All rematches.
4: Not a fan of that. How about that? Don't like it. Hmm. Interesting. like it much better whenever they're fresh, new fresh matchups. match-ups. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I get your point. I you don't want rematches in the playoffs.
3: Yeah, but that week one game, no one really remembers. And uh, it's a different game with the Dolphins even. Right. Um.
4: Let's see. A uh, different game with the. I mean, it's not like uh, they're charming copy chargers. games. Yeah, you know, you know, there's different things about them now, but mm-hmm. still, I hate the way that happens. <laughs>
3: well, uh, Hopefully, it, even with those uh, spreads, hopefully it's a good, a super wild card weekend. I remember last year it was pretty entertaining. I uh, want to say so.
4: The week after it was even more entertaining. That was the best. Maybe weekend that was, of football.
3: Maybe yeah. that was it. I think it may have been the division round. Yeah, division
4: round had every game end by, like, a walk-off, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah,
3: I think, that, I think that was it then. So, I uh, got uh, lots to uh, live up to. So. It does, it does. All right, so uh, do you have anything else left before we get to the caravan? No, not really, actually. Kind of a short show for a Friday. Short show, uh, but right now we're going to turn things over to uh, the uh, Cardinals' a caravan as it's rolling into town in Mattoon. Also making a stop in uh, Springfield uh, later on uh, Sunday and then on Monday. They got a couple of stops in Decatur and uh, Centralia as well. The uh, caravan that's going to roll into Mattoon at Laker Fieldhouse there at noon. It's been a while since we've been there in uh, Mattoon as uh, you know, we'll hear in this interview uh, coming up. Uh, because uh, we were fortunate enough, or we, say we, but uh, here at the station uh, were lucky enough to catch up, and I was uh, lucky enough to uh, talk to uh, the MC there that will be there on uh, Sunday. And that's none other than Brad Thompson uh, there. So, uh, love talking to him. uh, And it was a joy. And uh, it seemed like he was just as enthusiastic talking to him as he is coming through the uh, television screen uh, there. So, uh, we're going to turn things over to him. Had a a lovely conversation with him.
4: Yeah. And uh, everyone have a good weekend. Right. Have a good weekend. Watch football. Watch basketball tonight. Illinois, NBA tomorrow.
3: Yeah, and we'll be back on Monday to uh, recap, recap it, all. it all.
4: Top three. <laughs> we got to narrow it down to Ugh. three. And I'll, I'll go ahead and say it right here on this show, Travis. Yeah, hopefully it's not a stinker. Two things. You ready mm-hmm. for next week to get prepared for? Next week we will have every NFL playoff game on nine eight nine. The game. Every one. Every one. We got it. Nice. How about that? It's so be nice. prepared for that. And next Friday we're doing another fantasy draft. No oh, man, another get snake ready, draft. and it's sports related actually. Sports related, I as say. opposed to the last one, which was you know about holiday traditions, right. which was still entertaining. I loved that.
3: Yeah, yeah, definitely enjoyed that. Uh, for sure. All right. So uh, now we'll turn yes. things over to uh, my interview with uh, Brad Thompson. So hopefully you enjoy it. And we'll be back on uh, Monday uh, to uh, talk about everything that happened uh, this weekend. So uh, here is Brad Thompson. Travis Sparks here with a former St. Louis Cardinal pitcher and uh, now a broadcaster for the uh, St. Louis Cardinals in the uh, television booth. It's Brad Thompson. How you doing today, Brad?
0: Travis I'm doing great
3: man thanks for having me yeah and uh, thanks for uh, coming on here and joining me we're going to talk about the Cardinals Caravan coming up in a mattoon on a uh, Sunday but before we uh, get there let's uh, close the book on uh, an exciting uh, St. Louis Cardinals season that was the 2022 uh, season it really was a special year for the Cardinals last year of course the return of our pools in uh, Cardinal Uniform his chase for 700 uh, Goldie won an MVP uh, the Cardinals actually won in the NL Central and it was also an end of an era as well with uh, not only Albert but uh, Yadier Molina retiring from uh, behind the plate and uh, the last image that I think of in the Cardinals season and where it ended for me is uh, Wainwright and Albert and Yadi walking off the field uh, for the last time uh, together so uh, last year was really a magical and a special year a trip down a nostalgia lane for the Cardinals last year Brad
0: yeah, the the beauty of it was to your point, like uh, you got the nostalgia of it, right? Albert comes back, and I don't think anybody other than Albert really could have imagined how great it was going to end for him. I mean, he was the, the he was the offense in, in the second half, especially late in the season as Goldie cooled down a little bit, and mm-hmm. Nolan was uh, you know had some scuffles down the stretch. They both had enormous years, obviously winning an MVP and third in the MVP for Arenado. Yeah, uh, but it was just magical what Albert was able to do. Uh, uh, but it wasn't just like the, oh, that's cool. Like, uh, look at Albert do his thing, mm-hmm. and Yachty will send him off. They were winning. They, You know, yep. you end up winning the division, to your point. So things fell short in the postseason. It's a, it's a disappointment. I know that's what Cardinal fans are, are looking forward to is saying, say, okay, well, we're getting there. How do we get over the hump? Uh, but it was just so fun to be able to do both of the, those things last year, where you have a, a good team, a competitive team that wins the division, and then you still you get that guy, you get number five back specifically, uh, mm-hmm. who you had parents telling their kids about that maybe didn't get the opportunity to ever see him in person. Maybe it's grandparents telling stories about him, and you got to relive those things again. And then to watch Adam and Yachty, them set the all time battery yep. list for pitcher and catcher. I mean, it was just a remarkable year, and it looked. Travis, it's going to be hard to top that one coming into 2023.
3: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I don't know how we uh, follow that up there. Uh, but you were uh, up and close and personal for some of those moments uh, calling games on television. So uh, what was it like for you to be uh, up close and personal on some of those uh, magical moments from last year? I was a fan. Like I, I got yeah. to be
0: a fan and, and actually just talk about it while it was going on. I mean, mm-hmm. that's kind of like what, what it was. Uh, and it was just... It got back, and specifically when you look at Albert, it really got back to me. It reminded me of when I played with him during yeah. his MVP years where you just knew in a spot that he was going to get it done. Whatever the situation was, you knew that Albert was going to come up big for you, and that's what he did down the stretch. Like You can look at the numbers. There was only one player in the second half, Travis, that had a higher OPS than Albert Pujols. That player right. was Aaron Judge. Like It's crazy the numbers that he put up. But the home runs that he was hitting, they were tying the game, or they were yep. giving the Cardinals the lead, or you know he'll. What I like too, and I remember specifically in that bad that he had it in Pittsburgh, where he got in a big spot where the Cardinals were down by a down by a run. He hits a ground ball up the middle for a base hit. And you could just tell in his swing there was intent in doing just that. Like he was just trying to find a hole. The guy's a winning player. I, mm-hmm. I believe like having Albert around last year. Everybody fed off of that. Even your best players. Nolan Arenado is, you know, famously said Albert's his favorite player. He yep. got a chance to play alongside of him. So to watch Goldie have his MVP year, to watch the magic that is Nolan Arenado over at third base, and obviously what he's able to do at the plate. To watch Adam, to watch Yadi. I mean, the, the the entire year, and then the young guys, the young guys stepping up, the dominance of the back end of the bullpen of Ryan Helsley. Like there were so many fun things to watch throughout the year. Not a perfect season, right? They, right. They, again, falling short, how do you take those next steps? But it was just a fun ride from uh, for 2022.
3: Right, yeah, and it almost uh, didn't happen with uh, the lockout. I think that's what seemed, oh. people seem to forget <laughs> about, too.
0: No, okay. Thank goodness, right? Like, it, yeah. it, it's really funny. I was having a conversation with somebody just about that the other day uh, in regards to the winter warm-up that, that is going to be happening in St. Louis and the caravan. Like, the yep. reason we didn't have those uh, is, you know, due to the fact that there was the, the lockout that was happening. And fortunately, uh, you know, everybody uh, pulled their heads out and got this thing done. And Mm -hmm. and, uh, baseball was in a good spot. I know that there were a lot of fans, and Travis, there might be a lot of fans listening to this right now as the lockout was going on saying, that's it, I'm done with it, everybody's greedy, I hate it. Uh, I know you came back because you love baseball, and I'm glad you came back. And I'm glad that you were able to enjoy this last season of Cardinal Baseball.
3: Right, yeah, exactly. And uh, now we try to turn the page, and it's uh, life without Yadier Molina behind the plate. Uh, what, what do you think that's going to look like? I know it's going to get a little bit easier transition with uh, the best catcher out there on the market this offseason and signing Wilson Contreras, but uh, I think he kind of won over some fans with his Players' Tribune article and the video that he had, and uh, he just seems like a really awesome guy. Uh, so what do you think life is going to look like without Yadi behind the plate? It's gonna be weird. Is it yeah.
0: is it bad that I'm I'm still expecting somehow some way just come spring training? It's like a pitchers and catchers report on the twelfth. That just four just shows up and he's like, yeah. no, that, never mind, I'm back. No, it's gonna be. I mean, he had nearly two decades of the best defensive catcher in baseball being there, and it, it, there's been a lot of talk about it. And fortunately, I've had the opportunity to to pitch to Yadier Molina and. And, and then just continue to watch his career develop and evolve, uh, he's he's another manager on the field. He knows how to motivate his guys. He knows what works, knows what doesn't. And there is going to be a, a big change, and specifically defensively. I think Contreras gets a, a worse rap than maybe he is as a defender, but he's not, he's not Yadier Molina in his prime. Right, like, who I think is? We know that. Exactly, exactly. But there are not too many of those guys out there in the game of baseball, but Contreras talked about it in his uh, in his press conference that he said he, he talked about all the respect, and he did so in that Players Tribune uh, article that you referenced. Also, the, the respect that he has for Yadi, and the respect that he has for the history of Cardinal baseball. But he said, all I can do is go out and be Wilson Contreras. And that's all you want. You don't want a guy trying to go in and fill somebody else's shoes. You want him to go out there and do the things that Contreras did to make him successful, to put him in a position where he is the most highly sought-after free agent catcher in the game. And I think that's going to fit just well. And, look, you watch a lot of Cardinals, Cubs games. We've seen Contreras a lot the guy is a competitor. He's a guy that you hate playing yep. against, and they joked about that at the press conference, and he said, yeah, I r- really did, you know, didn't try to make friends while I was out there. I kind of wanted to be that guy you hated to play against, yep. and Ollie Marmol joked, he's like, yeah, I can, I can confirm that. hated playing <laughs> against this dude. Like, that's the kind of guy that you want. So Contreras is going to have an edge, too, and, and he's going to go out there and be a competitor, but it's going to look different. But that's the evolution of the game. That's why, you know, it's... It, Great careers and Hall of Fame careers, and Yadier uh, Molina is going to be a Hall of Famer. These great careers come and go, right? But the yep. game is constant. There's always going to be somebody there. I think the Cardinals got a good one in Contreras.
3: Right, and I loved that uh, one of the things that kind of recruited him to uh, St. Louis as well was that one home run that Albert Poole's hit. He said that that was one of the uh, – it's like, oh, man, I really want to play here in St. Louis after the reaction that Albert got after hitting that home run.
0: Travis, think about how, how disgusting that might make a, a Cubs fan feel. Oh, I,
3: as, I bring it up quite often <laughs> to Cubs fans that I know.
0: As Contreras is, is sitting there playing for the Cubs against the Cardinals, he said he pictured himself in a yeah. Cardinals uniform doing that. I mean, uh, that's uh, that's a gut-wrencher for a Cubs fan, although the Cubs got better this offseason as well. So I, I think that they're going to be fine. But it's just it just tells you, man, the reverence around the game of baseball that players do have for St. Louis for the fan base. And, and just the, the overall vibe that is around the club. There's something special to be putting on that uniform with the birds on the bat, and I'm excited that Wilson Contreras is going to get a chance to feel that.
3: Right, yeah, and uh, you know, the Cardinals did make that big move, but that's all that they pretty much did in the offseason. There's some other uh, needs that that needs to be addressed before spring training and whatnot. And I know the Flint fans seem to clamor about it. and we, we seem to forget that this organization does make big moves. We did go out and get Arenado and and Goldschmidt and whatnot. But us fans, we always want more, 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 you know, especially with the shortstop market that's been talked about for a couple of years now, all the shortstops that are available this offseason and a starting pitching as well as another need. I was just wondering, like, uh, as a former player yourself, do the, the players hear all the outside noise of the fan base clamoring for, for this organization to make big moves and big splash moves like that and go get big players like that?
0: You know, I think that you hear a little bit of it. And As much as you might try to shelter yourself from different things, you always have family. You always have friends that kind of tell you what is going on. And the world is a lot different now with all of the social media yeah. uh, than it was. Even you know, uh, you know when I played, uh, just a, a different beast. You know that the media can be and the fans having access to you. But at the end of the day, like the Cardinals, like these guys know how talented this team is and how good they can be. I mean, you win 93 games, you feel pretty good about yourself. Uh, schedule changes a little bit this year, so you're not going to yep. be facing your division foes 19 times. You'll face them 13 times. So that changes things, right? The Cubs were bad last year. The Pirates were bad. The Reds were bad. Uh, so you don't see them as much. You now, in fairness, you're going to see uh, bad teams in other divisions a little bit more. Uh, but, you no, know, you, you know the clamoring, and you hear it. And I think that an interesting one, you brought up the shortstop position, is a guy like Tommy Edmond, man. Tommy, I'm sure, hears a little bit of the noise of everybody in Cardinal Nation wanting to go out there and get another shortstop. And I think that there are some guys that, that would really weigh on them, where it's like, yeah. they, nobody believes in me, They don't. they, they don't think I have it. And then there are other guys that can take that for what it's worth, stow it away, and maybe use it as motivation. I think that Tommy Edmonds one of the more mentally tough players uh, that I've had a chance to be around in recent years. He just, like, gets it. He's a hard worker. Uh, I'm not saying that Tommy Edmonds is going to put up numbers, uh, like like Xander Bogarts or or you know any of these guys Correa you know signed with his third team now with the Twins yeah. uh, that that one sounds like that's going to stick he passes that physical yeah
2: I think that's going to stand he's not going to put up those kind of, yeah
0: he's not going to put up those kind of numbers he he he's not that guy but the Cardinals don't need him to be that guy either there should no. be enough punch in this lineup when you look at Goldie and Arenado and Contreras adding to the mix the biggest intrigue for me Travis honestly is what does the outfield look like. Can these guys, like, that's the key to, like, is your team good to going to great? Is yeah. Tyler O'Neill going to be able to look like he was in 2021? Doesn't have to be eighth in the MVP guy, but a guy that's a consistent threat in the lineup. Does Dylan Carlson figure out his struggles from the left side of the plate? You know, was that wrist really bothering him throughout the year? His swing looks a lot different. It's longer. I think it's, uh, you know, it's not as an attached swing that he has from the right side. How does he fix that? Because that changes things a lot. And and Newt Bar, what did we see from him down the stretch? He was so good. He was getting on base, hammering the ball. Can he pick that up? then you bring in Jordan Walker potentially I mean I can't wait to see that kid in spring training but the outfield mix to me is what is really going to make this team take that next step
3: yeah I think that's going to be a big part of it uh, too Uh, and also coming in uh, 2023 uh, some rule new rule changes are going to be coming to baseball as well with uh, the pitch clock and uh, restricting the shift and bigger bases and a few others uh, as well so uh, how do you think those roles are going to affect the game in this uh, upcoming season I know the pitch clock has kind of sped up minor league games uh, just a little bit just slightly uh, but how do you think some of the role changes are going to affect 2023 for the Cardinals and uh, baseball as a whole
0: yeah, I think it's going to be interesting, it really is, and specifically the pitch clock is going to be interesting for a few guys, and the one most notably for me is Giovanni Gallegos. Giovanni Gallegos is one of the slowest workers, yeah. if not the slowest worker in the game of baseball. I mean, he is hes very methodical when he's out there. If he's on your team and he's getting outs for you, you're okay with it. If he's on the other team, you want to scream at your television and say, hurry up, uh, so He's a good athlete, though, and, like, he'll be fine. He'll be able to figure these things out, but routines are going to have to change for different guys. And when it comes to the limiting of the shift, I don't know how I feel about the rule personally. I guess it really doesn't matter. Like, the the rule is it's going to be what it's going to be. The infielders can't be out on the grass, can't have more than two infielders uh, on one side of the bag. So uh, I think for the Cardinals, their defense has always been important. Well, now range is a far bigger factor than it was before, because we all know this about the Cardinals' rotation. They've got some guys uh, that are really good, and I can't wait to see hopefully a full year of Flaherty. Matz was limited to, I I believe it was uh, 11 starts last year. Montgomery came in in the second half, so that's three guys he didn't get a full year of last year. But for the most part, this rotation doesn't miss a ton of bats. Like, it, it, you, you don't have DeGrom, Verlander, Scherzer. Like, you just don't have Rodon, who was out on the mark. You just don't have those guys. Right. So the ball is going to be put in play. And the Cardinals have been, done a very good job of positioning themselves well, really utilizing their shifts and being in the right spot. Can the athleticism take over this year? That's where Tommy Edmond at short ranges a, a ton. I think that you know he, he's going to be a huge key defensively. But I think that the Cardinals maybe more so than a lot of teams out there that have higher upside arms might see you know we might see a little bit of a change here when it comes to some ERA's increasing a little bit due to the
3: shift Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like you mentioned, the Cardinals' defense is uh, pretty good uh, behind the pitchers there. Well, we're talking with uh, Brad Thompson here of the St. Louis Cardinals booth there on the TV side. And i got one more question uh, for you, Brad, before we get to uh, the uh, caravan. Uh, We've seen your role with the Cardinals' post-baseball career uh, evolve as a studio analyst uh, and then doing some games uh, in color commentary in the TV booth. And now you're expected to do more games this season. And uh, you also do a radio show there in uh, St. Louis uh, as well. So, uh, just talk about how uh, how it's been for you, the journey uh, after your playing career w- was done, to uh, what it's been uh, like here for becoming like one of the mainstays in the Cardinals, both on the TV side, you know, as an analyst and now calling games as well.
0: Well, just hearing you say that like pumps me up. Like it makes me happy, and it, and it's honestly it's something that uh, I really never thought was going to be in my future, but I've been so fortunate, man. My my life, uh, really, from a baseball standpoint, and now to this, has been just a series of of uh, opportunities that I just happen to be ready for. And it mm-hmm. started right after my baseball career. Actually, I was still playing independent ball. I got into the radio. My uh, late great friend uh, Chris Duncan, uh, uh, former yeah. Cardinal outfielder, he's the one that got me into the radio gig uh, in the first place. You know, he passed my name along as somebody who could fill in and that uh, that evolved over the last couple of years into the role with, with Fox at the time now Bally Sports yep. and they've entrusted me to do more and more games the last couple of years so i'm just i'm really looking forward to it it's an honor to do the games and, and the closest thing that i have now to playing in a game because there's there's a different vibe i remember uh, distinctly like when the phone would ring in the bullpen that heartbeat you get like is is it me is, is this the time like there's just an energy around it well, now, like that's that's when the the game is starting. Like you get a countdown in your headset of the you know three, two, one, boom, we're, we're going. Like I get that energy again, so uh, it's just fun. It, uh, I've had so much fun being a part of it. Hopefully that uh, the the time that I'm having and the the energy that I have comes over the air because I just enjoy it. I enjoy the game of baseball. I love talking about it. Hopefully, uh, you know, in, enjoy teaching people about it and. And just highlighting these players, man. It's not about what I'm doing up there. It's about what they're doing out on the field and, uh, fortunately, got a good group of players to talk about.
3: Right. Yeah, and I'm not just saying this because I'm talking to you right now. I definitely enjoy you do, doing games uh, last year. I think you guys were, were on point at Bally. Uh, there, you and Dan had amazing chemistry. You guys played off each other well. You had a nice mix of both seriousness, but also you uh, let it loose and you can have fun and joke around with each other as well. I know you got to build a new chemistry uh, with uh, someone new with Dan out uh, now, but I always enjoy you. Uh, on the call on games
0: well i appreciate it i appreciate it. i do and uh yeah that chemistry and i uh, well, don't want to you know uh, dig deep in into uh, Dan's sure. situation he just knows he knows i love him i care about him i talk to him all the time uh but yeah that chemistry was there and dan was my biggest advocate and pushed hard for me to do more and more games so uh i hope to continue to do them they, that chemistry will be there Bally's gonna hire whoever they believe to be the best fit and we'll find out you know who that uh, who that ends up being but I'm just excited about the new year man it's going right. to be a new adventure for everybody involved but and the, the rule changes and all those things are going to be different but the one constant is come opening day, we know that Bush Stadium is going to be rocking.
3: Going to be rocking for sure, like it always is. And, well, why am I talking to, to uh, Brad Thompson here? Well, uh, the Cardinals' uh, caravan is rolling into town uh, specifically on a uh, Sunday. They're in Mad Toon on the campus of Lakeland College at noon. There is when the festivities will start. Brad is the MC there this year and also making a stop in Springfield later that day. And then on Monday, you got stops in Decatur and Central for your uh, caravan, and we are talking a little bit that uh, you've been to Mattoon before, so uh, what's uh, that experience uh, been like uh, for you and what it's uh, always like interacting with the fans uh, being a part of the Cardinals caravan?
0: So to me, this is the kickoff time, and this is something unfortunately the last three years due to a pandemic, and then as we talked about the lockout, we just haven't had the opportunity to have the, uh, the winter warm-up and the Cardinal caravan again. But this is when you know, like, baseball season is right around the corner is when this hits. Yep. And it, it's it's uh, always, and hopefully not this weekend, right? Hopefully this weekend it ends up being beautiful. But it seems to be like the caravan is always around, like, the worst weather of the year. Yeah, someone and else mentioned fans, that too. Yeah, man. And, and fans continue to show up in droves. And it just tells you, like, how much they love be very easy just to stay home and just wait for the, the Cardinals to be on TV or wait for your trip into St. Louis to go to Bush Stadium, but people want to be a part of it and be around the fans or be around the players and, and the alumni and the energy that is around it. And I can tell you this as a, a former player going on caravans and as, a, as an alumni – we love it. Like it, yep. it is really fun to see, and especially for guys who haven't had the opportunity to do this before. It's so fun to see that as far as you travel, there are Cardinal fans everywhere that want to show, uh, show up and really be a part of it. I think for anybody that's listening now, too, that have, has never been to a caravan, it's a really laid-back atmosphere. Great opportunity for kids to, you know, get yeah. autographs, get pictures with the guys. But it's fun. I, my favorite part is the Q and A portion, especially yeah. the, you know, the Q and A from kids in the in the stands, uh, kids in the in the audience that get a chance to ask questions. So the caravan that I'm on, Andrew Kisner is going to be there. Uh, Alec Burleson, Jake Walsh, who you're talking about swing and miss, he's got a lot of it out of the bullpen, and JoJo Romero, who the Cardinals picked up uh, in their deal with the Phillies. So I think that there's a lot of interesting characters that are going to be on this one. It's just a fun time and a great atmosphere.
3: Right, and I feel like uh, Kisner and Burleson, there are kind of outnumbered with the uh, relief pitchers that are on this caravan coming to Mattoon.
0: Right, relievers do all the work. Right, let's be honest.
3: <laughs> I Trevor. guess so. Like, uh,
0: the phone rings. Yeah, the phone rings. They say, we'll be there, whether it's the caravan or, or in the ball game in the you know, second, third inning. doesn't matter. Those guys are all ready. But, yeah, those are two guys, too, where their roles are going to be interesting, right? Like Burleson, all he's done in the minor leagues is hit. And he only had, what, 40-something at-bats at at the big league level this past year. Crazy to believe you know what you have in him. I think that this is going to be one of those camps where if you hit, you're going to get an opportunity, and that dude can hit. So I'm interested to see how he's approached this offseason, what he looks like going forward. And for Kisner, we all know they went out and signed Contreras. He's going to be the backup to Contreras, but Contreras is going to DH a bit too, you would yep. assume. So there's going to be a lot of opportunity for Andrew Kisner there to continue to show what kind of value he can bring. So a lot of different intrigue for everybody on this, uh, this caravan.
3: Right. Yeah. And, uh, one thing I also wanted to uh, point out, uh, the one in Mattoon Toon, uh, that, you know, Alec Burleson and Jake Walsh may not be household names, but there are some uh, names that, that come here to Mattoon Toon that end up being household names, uh, including one, uh, David Freeze. You might, might've heard of him. He did something, uh, special i think uh, and then a couple of years ago i think the last time it was here in mattoon ryan helsley uh, was here and that's kind of before he was uh, kind of became the the closer and whatnot so you know even though they may not be household names yet they, they could become one so you could say that hey hey i met Al burleson before he became a big time star or, hey i i met jake walsh before uh, he became a real big time reliever for the cardinals and that's kind of cool to say
0: no, it's a great point, right? Yeah, I knew him when, and yep. when, you, you just never know. That's kind of the thing—you never know who is going to make it, who's going to uh, find that next level, or, or who's going to be the guy that uh, you know popped on the scene. Look, Lars Nupar—I don't remember talking about him too much
3: last offseason, yep, and no.
0: all of a sudden. He finds himself uh, in the thick of things all year. So you never know. You show up. You, you have fun. Enjoy it. And all of a sudden, I mean, spring training's going to be here before we know it, and so is opening day. So I'm just really looking forward to it.
3: Right, yeah, and also you can uh, say that you met Brad Thompson as well, and I think that's pretty cool as well.
0: Yeah, you can, you're going to have to explain to your friends who that is, and, <laughs> but it's fine. Yeah, you can do that.
3: Uh, no, no, no. And also uh, the alumni that are going to be joining on the caravan, too, is uh, Al Herboski, of course, the Matt Hungarian, and uh, John Corbello, uh, as well, played a couple of seasons for the Cardinals, as well as alumni. So uh, got a, a nice little group here with you on the caravan this year.
0: Travis, I'm going to have to watch those guys, too. All right, you you know all (laughs) about Al Robotic. Yep, I I know. know He's the the mad Hungarian, okay? That's an act. He's a huge teddy bear. He's giving out free hugs, okay? So if anybody wants a hug, uh, Al will be there for you. He's very cuddly. And John Costello, the only worries I ever have with John Costello is, uh when I gotta take the microphone away from him. He will take over the entire show and he might just do a stand up routine. He's freaking hilarious. Really? So it's gonna be a fun crew.
3: Ah, I didn't uh, I didn't realize that, so uh, grab your tickets for the Cardinals Caravan uh, coming to Mad Toon at noon on uh, Sunday, and uh, it'll be a, a good time to uh, come out with the uh, kiddos as well and meet some of these guys and interact with these guys and ask them questions as well there at the Lakeland Fieldhouse. Well, uh, I'm going to let you go here, Brad, and it's been an absolute joy uh, talking to you this morning, and uh, I guess we'll see you on uh, Sunday and uh, see you before uh, too long here, before the, the season of eventually begin. So uh, thanks for joining me here today, Brad.
0: Travis, I appreciate you having me, man. I can't wait. It's going to be a fun weekend.